right, it is Dr. Allo again. So today we're going to be talking about coffee and how coffee affects cardiovascular disease. Now, again, if you like this podcast, I urge you to please uh, leave reviews, share it with your friends, and give me a lot of good five-star reviews because that's the only way the word about this podcast is going to spread. I don't, uh, I will never sell any ads on here or anything like that. Um, I feel like this information is uh, should be available for free to everyone. So instead of going through every single study, you know, in detail, in depth, I think the best way to attack this because it's very complicated is to just read you the chapter out of my new cholesterol book about coffee. Now, again, I'm I'm telling you this as someone who drinks a lot of coffee. I am not anti-coffee and you'll find out that the way I drink coffee is actually not good for your heart. <laughs> But it is how I drink it. I tried one time for just six weeks to stop coffee, and I really couldn't. It was very, very, very difficult for me. I had really bad acid reflux, and the doctor that I went to was like, listen, Muhammad, uh, and he was a friend of mine, obviously, he's like, listen, Muhammad, you really got to stop coffee. Um, instead of you know putting you on all these medications and scoping you and doing all this, it did work. I stopped the coffee for probably like three to four weeks. And then I started like slowly sipping it back and sipping sipping it again and again. And I, I just couldn't go to it. So let's get into the coffee discussion. Um, so it is super complicated. I'm literally just going to read you the chapter in my book about coffee. And I think you guys will appreciate it. If you want, if you guys want like a preview of my book, this is probably the only true real preview um, of the new cholesterol book. So coffee can raise your blood pressure transiently. It's not permanent. Studies have shown that a moderate consumption of coffee is associated with less risk of hypertension, but mainly in those who never smoked or do not currently smoke, and in those who are fast metabolizers of caffeine. Boiled coffee can be atherogenic because of its rich diterpene content, namely cafestol and cahuiol that inhibits bile acid synthesis and ultimately affects lipid metabolism in a negative way. Now, this was something I actually did not know, and I'm going off track here. Um, but it appears it has a mild uh, transient effect on blood pressure, um, but especially if you don't actually smoke, um, and, in, and in people who are fast metabolizers of caffeine. Now, also, it appears that boiled coffee, where if you just took like the grind up, ground up coffee and boiled it, like, for example, in a French press or like Turkish coffee, the way uh, they make it in uh, Turkey or even, you know, here somewhere in the United States, they have Turkish coffee. Boiled coffee does appear to have more of these diatropines um, that are somewhat atherogenic because they inhibit bile acid secretion. And if you read my cholesterol book or you understand lipid metabolism, you'll understand the role that bile acid uh, plays in eliminating cholesterol. It's one of the main ways we eliminate cholesterol out of our bodies. It goes back to the liver, and then it gets excreted in the bile. All right, back to the book. On the other hand, paper filter filtered coffee, which does not contain cafestol and cahual, exerts an anti-atherogenic protective properties by increasing high-density lipoprotein-mediated cholesterol efflux from macrophages through the influence of plasma phenolic acid. So cholesterol levels are influenced by the method of coffee preparation, boiled versus filtered. In the U.S., most people use filtered coffee, so it should be okay. Another study of a green 
slash roasted coffee blend found that three servings a day decreases leptin, TPA, resistin, glucose levels, insulin resistance, and triglyceride levels. This was even more profound in the group that had higher cholesterol to begin with. There appears to be a beneficial effect of green slash roasted coffee blends. Now, green coffee is not that common in the United States. I know in some places in the Middle East, it is uh, more common, um, especially like the you know Gulf states like Saudi Arabia, Oman, Dubai, those places, they have this yellowy kind of green coffee. Um, but those green coffee blends seem to be more cardioprotective or less atherogenic, let's put it that way. Back to the book. What about the risk of developing cardiovascular disease? Studies are inconsistent with regard to coffee consumption and risk of coronary heart disease. A lot of it depends on sex, genetics, and smoking status. Most of the studies showed a J-shaped association in which moderate coffee consumption was associated was associated with an increased risk of coronary heart disease. I'm sorry, let me read that again. Um, most of the studies showed a J-shaped association in which moderate coffee consumption was associated with a lower risk of coronary heart disease. Yeah, I got that backwards. Compared to heavy coffee consumption, which was associated with an increased risk of coronary heart disease. These findings point to the importance of moderate coffee consumption because of the potential risk of cardiovascular disease. What about coffee and heart failure? The results appear to be consistent across the studies. The FHS, CHS, and ARIC studies, ERIC studies, showed that high coffee intake was associated with a decrease in long-term risk of heart failure, independent of sex, baseline history of myocardial infarction, and diabetes, because of the lack of understanding of potential mechanisms behind reduction in heart failure risk, most uh, more studies are needed. What about atrial fibrillation and other tachyarrhythmias? And tachyarrhythmias, for those who don't know, are heart rhythms that are fast. So like atrial fibrillation, um, MAT, things like that. Can coffee make your heart race is the question we are trying to answer. Moderate coffee consumption was found to reduce the risk of atrial fibrillation, possibly owing to its strong anti-inflammatory components such as cafestolol, polyphenol, trigonelline, chlorogenic acid, and quinidine. And quinide, actually it's quinide, um, was actually one of the first antiarrhythmics. It used to be, I think it was in tonic water, and they found that people who drank tonic water because of the quinide content of it actually was an antiarrhythmic. Back to the book. Studies have shown moderate coffee consumption to be associated with a reduction in all-cause and cardiovascular disease-related mortality, whereas higher amounts of coffee consumption were detrimental to health. Hmm. Confusing, isn't it? Rarely is anything in medicine black or white. Whenever you hear someone online say that coffee is good for your heart, in absolute terms, please buy them a copy of this book. The same goes for fish oil and almost any other topic. I could make a lot of money selling you cardiology coffee, but I'm not here to cherry-pick studies and lie to you to just make money off of you. It's just complicated with a lot of nuances. My take is that it's okay to drink a cup or two a day of coffee. It appears that paper-filtered coffee is better than just boiled or unfiltered coffee. If you have issues with heart racing, atrial fibrillation, or anything with your heart rhythm, you might not want to drink more than three or four cups per day. If you have high cholesterol, filtered and green slash roasted blends may be better for you. Your mileage may vary. Try it and see. 
A very well done research review from 2023 is a great place to get more information on coffee and heart disease, but my summary above is their overall conclusion, but they have great references and more detail. And then there's a link to the study. And in my cholesterol book, a lot of you guys will notice that almost every single statement in there or every single conclusion or every single chapter ends with a ton and ton of um, uh, studies and links. And every statement I say has a study or a link to it. So the conclusion, it appears, is what I just stated. A little bit of coffee here and there is not a big deal. Green blends seem better, sort of like green tea. It has a lot of antioxidants. The milder the coffee, the less roasted it is, the better. And in fact, the more mild the coffee, the less over-roasted it is, the more caffeine content is actually in it. And it appears that if you paper filter it, that you will be okay. Um, that's better than uh, ground up boiled coffee. Now, as a cardiologist who loves longevity and loves living longer, <laughs> I will tell you that I don't drink my coffee that way at all. I don't use paper filters. If I'm at work, we have a percolator. I use a gold foil filter. I feel like the paper adds a little bit of bitterness to it. And sometimes back in the day when I didn't have the gold foil filter, and these are not like actual real gold. These are just, you know, metallic filters. Back in the day when I didn't have those, um, what I would do is take the paper filter and like rinse it off in water and wring it out to get the water out. And I would use it that way because the bitterness would go away. So maybe that's one way to do it is you wring out the uh, paper filter and then use it that way. That does seem to filter out the parts that make it a little more atherogenic perhaps. Uh, but anyways, that's all I got for you. I'll leave the link below in my links. Click on my links to figure out how to get my cholesterol book. It will be out soon. It is just going through some editing and fact checking um, and should be out uh, pretty soon. If you love this podcast or you want more people to know about it, leave some awesome reviews on your favorite podcast player. I love you guys and I will talk to you in the next